0: That's N-O-O-M dot com to sign up today.
1: Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Scott Chu.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. As I said, my name is Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at c h u fits. If the C-H-U fits. Thank you so much for listening. We'll get started right away with injuries and transactions. Chris Archer and Steve Matz will both come off the IL today to make Sunday starts, so they can be activated if you're in desperate need of a Sunday miracle. Evan Longoria of the Giants and Jonathan Hernandez, the one-time closer of the Rangers, were both also activated today. I'll be interested to see... How Jonathan Hernandez is utilized. Guys hitting the IL today inc- or yesterday include Trevor Story and Brandon Crawford. So Trevor Story, of course, the one that's a little more troubling uh, in terms of relevance in 10 and 12 teamers. Lewis Robert got the day off Saturday, uh, and probably won't play again until after the break. I also wouldn't be shocked if the same happens for Eloy as well. Keep an eye on those lineups, but be ready to replace Eloy at the last second. We already know that Lewis Robert will not play. Antonio Sensatella is also going to miss his starting course today. He's being replaced by Austin Gomber. So Expect the run total in that game to be maybe a little higher than usual, especially after all of the weirdness that happened yesterday. I'll bring that up uh, later on. Mike Trout was held out of Saturday's game with back spasms. Again, like many other stars, he may get an easy day today, either by getting a short start or just getting the day off entirely. Dom Smith of the Mets is getting an MRI in his ankle. Expect to hear some updates about that over the break. Domingo Herman is being discussed as one of Severino's replacements in the Yankee rotation after the break so he is likely to step into that role, maybe worth a couple streaming starts here and there. Juan Yep has his forearm strain, diagnosed as a grade two strain that looks like it'll hold him out for at least a few weeks, probably something like four to six, if not longer. And then there's actually an outside chance we see former race closer Pete Fairbanks return to action today, but if he doesn't, he'll definitely be back after the break. Either way, it makes that bullpen just a little bit more confusing in terms of who's the closer and who isn't. Now we'll talk a little bit about the hitting action from yesterday. I will lead with the veteran who just can't stop hitting matt carpenter of the yankees he went two for four with two home runs three runs scored seven rbi and a walk the savvy old vets just on fire right now his 347 weighted runs created plus in july is tops in the league by a whopping 66 points that theoretically means he's been 66 percent better than anybody else so far in july he's slugging yes slugging 1077 right now and i'm warming up to the idea of him taking over for the unimpressive josh donaldson as that team continues to get more healthy that said there are no future guarantees of playing time despite how well he's hitting right now And once he cools off, he's likely to return to being a bit player again. Although some positive signs about playing time, he is in the lineup today against lefty uh, Chris Sale, one of the toughest lefties out there. So that is at least somewhat comforting to know that they are willing to start him against left-handed pitching. As for uh, some of the best guys in baseball, being the best guys in baseball, how about Aaron Judge? He went three for three with two home runs, three runs scored, three RBI and a walk. Jose Ramirez, J-Ram of the Guardians, he went two for four with two home runs two runs scored five rbi and trey turner went two for four with two home runs and three rbi just three studs doing stud things right before the break you're welcome for that probably gave a lot of people a big boost your first round pick maybe your early second round pick has really stepped up for you here right before the break randy arrozarena doing his thing he went two for four with a home run and a steal that's a that's a combo meal and he might run hot and cold sometimes, but Randy Rosarena is a combo meal waiting to happen. Speaking of Michael Harris, the second of Atlanta, he went two for three with a double, a run score to walk and three stolen bases, swiping one each time he was on. He's only hitting 200 in July, thanks to a recent brutal five game stretch, but this outburst gives him six steals on the month already, along with four home runs in July. Even as the contact fades a bit, he continues to produce. This kid is really special. I wouldn't be all that surprised to see Harris get to 15 to 20 home runs and 15 to 20 stolen bases this season in a total of about 100 games. I really do think he's that good, that special. So he continues to fly up the hitter list. He should be moving way up in your own ranks. If someone thinks they're selling high on Harris, I think they're wrong if you go get him. Speaking of Vinny Pasquantino of the Royals, he went two for five with a home run and two RBI, and it's been Vinny P's best week yet. As he's hit 286 while slugging 500, he's actually gotten more aggressive at the plate, albeit with a very reasonable strikeout to walk ratio, and it looks like Vinny P's turning into a little bit more of a power hitter. I don't mind seeing him swing more. In fact, we want Vinny P hitting doubles and home runs, not just walking because he sees a lot of close pitches. I wouldn't be shocked to see another level for Vinny P than I kind of expected where he gets both power and the one-to-one strikeout-to-walk ratio, but it may be a bit of a journey to get there. I wouldn't be shocked if we see him take some more swings and really see how he can do with pitches that are more on the edges of the strike zone. You've got to be able to hit those to succeed in the league. Because a lot of pitchers can hit those spots consistently. Now, Brandon Lau of the Rays, welcome back. He went two for four with three runs scored and a walk. Seeing him bat second in his return is a great start, and the hard-hitting second baseman should be able to hit at least 10 home runs in the second half. Though predicting Lau's batting average is a difficult task. Anything better than 240 should probably be seen just as a blessing and a gift. Bryson Stott, he's been it's been a bumpy ride, but he went two for five with two doubles, a run scored, and an RBI. And as he gets through the league, you know, he's kind of been having these hot streaks. And then these prolonged slumps. But what I'm noticing is these slumps seem to be getting shorter and shorter. He's actually hitting 304 and slugging 652 in his last six starts. I can't recommend him really in anything shallower than 14 teams right now, but he's worth keeping an eye on, especially if we continue to see power come out of that bat. Otherwise, he might just be more of an empty batting average guy. And Seiya Suzuki of the Cubs, he went 3-for-5 with a stolen base. And solid for the Cubs since being activated, though he hasn't shown really any power since hitting home runs in his first two starts. He's also only taken walks in his two pinch-hitting appearances. In each of his starts since returning, he hasn't taken a walk. That's really weird. I expect it to be sort of like what we're seeing with Vinny Pasquantino, where a player is adjusting, trying to find ways to do more pitches near the outside but it's really weird and it's something I'm really interested to see how it plays out going forward for Seiya Suzuki. Keep a close eye on what he's doing. I like that he's making a lot of contact. Uh, I'm interested to see if he gets back to walking though, which I do think he will. As for starting pitching, I I won't leave you hanging too long. Max Meyer of the Marlins, he was the big debut. He went 5.1 innings pitched with 5 earned runs, 7 hits, 1 walk, 5 strikeouts, 9 whiffs, 29 CSW. What I loved was that confidence in the slider. He threw it nearly 50% of the time. It's not a devastating slider, but it's solid. And I think it plays up with how well he commands it. He's not a must-roster guy in the you know your 10 or 12 team redraft, but there's plenty to be encouraged here. Uh there's plenty to be encouraged about here, despite the five-earned runs, which mostly came later on in the start. Alex Cobb of the Giants, he went against the Brewers and no decision. Not his fault, though. He went 7.1 innings pitch with zero earned runs, four hits, no walks, five strikeouts. I wish I could say it was because he did something special here, but some batted ball luck can do the body good. That's what Cobb got here. He rarely gets lucky and, you know, really doesn't play up to his ratios, but And I'll always be a little bit nervous every time I send him out there, but it was good to see him get some luck for once. Now about the weirdness, Mitch Keller of the Pirates was in Colorado at Coors. He went six innings pitched with no earned runs, five hits, two walks, six strikeouts. And then Jose Urania of the Rockies, also in Coors, uh, he actually got the win against the Pirates. He went six innings pitched with no earned runs, five hits, two walks, and four strikeouts. Look, neither one of these guys were doing anything particularly well. They were just stunningly effective. This game coming into it had 15 runs scored all over it, but the baseball gods reminded us this game just doesn't always make sense. So uh, with that, we'll go to something that made a lot more sense. That was Cal Quantrill of the Guardians against the Tigers. He got the win on six innings pitched, no earned runs, four hits, two walks, five strikeouts, 14 whiffs, and really with Quantrill, he's a right-handed Toby, and this is the kind of line, six innings pitched, very few earned runs, decent strikeouts. That's what we should expect from all right-handed Tobies against the Tigers. That's the baseline. That's why you go after right-handed Tobys when they're against the Tigers, and you don't read into it anything more than a right-handed Toby facing the Tigers. Now, A couple other guys you don't have to read too much into. Justin Verlander of the Astros, he went against the A's. He got the win, not surprisingly, on six innings pitch. No run runs, six hits, no walks, ten strikeouts. He's just a machine, a well-oiled strikeout-throwing machine. And then Max Scherzer of the Mets went against the Cubs. He got a no decision, but he pitched plenty well. It was 6.1 innings pitched with two earned runs, eight hits, one walk, 11 strikeouts, 21 whiffs. And just remember, there was a time when Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer were on the same team. And despite both Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer having World Series rings, they don't have a World Series ring for that team. And I'm not bitter about it at all. Now, Julio Urias of the Dodgers. He went against the A's. He got, or against the Angels. He got the win. He went seven innings pitched with one earned run, five hits, no walks, eight strikeouts, 10 whiffs, 34% CSW. What I really liked here was the velocity was up about a tick sitting just below 94 miles an hour. He looked a lot more like the good Julio Urias we've seen in the past instead of the weird and occasionally bad one we've seen in 2022 with lower velocity. So I'd love to see that come back over the break. And lastly, I'll cover Eric Lauer of the Brewers. He went against a Giants. He got seven innings pitched, one and run, two hits, three walks, four strikeouts. Not the best strikeout total, but really what I want to point out is that Eric Lauer gets the Rockies at the other beer stadium, Miller Park, which while hitter friendly is nothing like Coors. And Eric Lauer should be rostered everywhere for that matchup. And now we'll move on to the relief pitching performances from yesterday. We saw nine players get a save. The most fantasy relevant were Edwin Diaz, Taylor Rogers, Daniel Bard, Joan Duran, and Kenley Jansen, all of whom got saves without allowing an earned run. In fact, all nine saves came without an earned run allowed. But, uh... The one I actually want to talk about is Matthew Festa, who I admittedly did not know a thing about until very recently. He's had three July appearances, and in them, he's got two wins and now a save. He's got six strikeouts in those three appearances, no hits, no walks, including last night's appearance. He struck out all three hitters. Look, this this bullpen for the Mariners features an embarrassment of riches, and while Matthew Festa isn't likely relevant in most formats, he's pitching really, really well in a really good bullpen. Actually, another guy I want to talk about from that bullpen was one of the 11 players to get a hold yesterday. But my favorite of them, which is Andres Munoz, he averaged 101.8 miles per hour with the fastball picked up two strikeouts. I know I already talked about the Mariners pen, but I'm doing it again because I really do like Munoz. As much as you can love a relief prospect without a clear shot at saves, I do think he's definitely a guy you want to have in save plus hold leagues. No matter how this bullpen shakes out, Andres Munoz is going to be part of the back end of it for sure. Now, before we get to the weather, I'm going to take a break and we'll be back right after.
1: Hey, Alex Fast here and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription where you're going to get an ad-free Website And get access to our Discord where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcherless community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherless.com backslash plus and you're going to get your first month free with promo code
0: All right, we are back. Thanks so much. And with that, we'll actually pass it right on over to Mark with the weather, a couple important updates of some games that may have some trouble getting played. So Mark, take it away.
1: Thank you very much. Well, on the last... Sunday before the All-Star break, we do have a bunch of weather issues. It's going to be Cleveland, where the Tigers are in town playing the Guardians. we got some issues going to be in the nation's capital, where the Braves are at the National. And last but not least, it also looks like in St. Louis, where the Reds are in town. All are going to have to see some rain and thunderstorms around. It's kind of uh, weird that first half was rather quiet weather-wise, but now we're going to end on a busy note, and then we'll take a few days off. Thank you very much, and I'll talk to you well. On Thursday or Friday, I forget which days they start back up.
0: Thank you, Mark. We always appreciate it. With that in mind, I do want to turn to the DFS and streamer picks of the day. I do like Corey Kluber against the Orioles. He's been rolling, and I think the Orioles, while they have been hot, are still vulnerable to right-handed pitching. Jake Odorizzi gets the A's. Not much you need to know there. Jake Odorizzi has been pretty good in spot starts against bad teams. He's getting a spot start against a bad team. Guardians right-handed hitting against Tyler Alexander of the Tigers. I just think this is another game that the Guardians can win by a lot. Blue Jays righties against the Royals' Chris Bubich. Santiago Espinal's leaving that game off. It starts at 12.05 Eastern, so it's an early start. But I definitely think that is a matchup you want to exploit. Of course, everyone in Coors, both the Pirates and the Rockies, any handedness. Look, something's going to happen after that weird performance yesterday where they didn't give up a bunch of earned runs from the starters. I don't think that reads I think you see a ton of runs. So if you need runs, go get them from the Pirates and the Rockies. I also like Atlanta righties against Josh Rogers of the Nationals. Adam Duvall hitting six in that matchup. I think that's a great spot for him. And then if you need a steal, I just like Nicky Lopez for one last stolen base against Jose Barrios. I think that the Royals really want to win these games without all those players. I think it's, there's a real mental thing going on there. I think one way they win those games is get Nicky Lopez a steal. He already has one steal in this series. I think he can get another one. So definitely be looking out for that. And with that, we thank you so much for listening. Again, my name is Scott. You can find me on Twitter at IfTheChewFits, fits, fits. Please check out all the content on the site. We got the SP round up we got the batter's box we got the relief ranks we got everything you need to win fantasy baseball leagues i hope you'll check it out and with that i will catch you next time
1: this has been the first pitch podcast brought to you by pitcherlist.com if you enjoyed today's episode rate us on itunes follow us on twitter at pitcherlist and help support what we do by joining our discord with pitcherlist plus at pitcherlist.com slash plus